speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Epistles from 1 Corinthians chapter 4. This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. I'm not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness, and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Can you imagine what it would look like if a pastor in a church functioned like a politician in a political party? Yes. If a church and a pastor function like a politician and a political party. For starters, the pastor and the church would need to go out and hire a marketing group, a marketing firm to survey the people in the community. You know, go out and perhaps with a clipboard and a pen and do a survey of the people in the community, collecting data, getting feedback, getting attitudes and opinions through surveys. And then after collecting all that data, well, the marketing experts, they would gather together in meetings and they would draft up and craft a strategy to help the pastor and to help the church tickle the ears of the people in the community. In other words, the marketing group would show the range of language and the range of topics that a pastor in a church should and should not cover and should and should not say to increase their support and their standing in the community. The marketing group would also help the pastor and the church develop a long-range plan to speak and to act in a way that would bring about, yes, that would bring about the best reward from the movers, from the movers and shakers in the community to garner a good reputation with those of importance in the community. In the end, the pastor and the church would be yielding, get this, would be yielding to the popular opinions of what people want to hear not what they need to hear. In a word, the pastor and the church would let the people in the community set the agenda. Again, the people would set the agenda. Now, when we consider this, it is clear that this is not how the pastor and the church ought to function. However, subconsciously, the pastor and the church often give in to this temptation. You see, we often believe that the church functions like a democracy. Is here that correct? We often think that the church functions like a democracy. We believe that the supreme power of the church is vested in we the people. Or worse yet, we can believe that the church's power is vested in what the pagans say down the street about the church, what our neighbors think of us, what the neighbors think of the church. And perhaps the most shameful the most shameful view of all is to believe that the sole power of the church is vested in the pastor's 
opinion. It's the opinion of the pastor. Now, tragically, I cannot tell you how many fights that I've seen over the years, and I'm sure you have as well, how many fights there have been from churches fighting over the control of the church. When we have these fights, it's quite obvious. The pastor will say one thing, and the church members may be saying another thing, and the pagan down the street will be saying something else, and all three groups are fighting for control in the church. Sounds like this. You know, we, we, we must listen to that neighbor down the street, the unbeliever, for our major concern is evangelism and outreach. It's evangelism and outreach in the church, how to reach the lost. We must take in consideration what the unbeliever is saying. No, no, no. We, we must take and listen to the pastor, for our major concern is to respect the authority of the pastor. We don't want the pastor to get frustrated and leave and then be without a pastor in vacancy for a couple years. We must listen. Uh, we must listen to the long-standing members of the church, for they have been here the longest. We don't want to upset the long-standing members so that they stop giving to the offering plates. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. In our reading from 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul says that he really does not worry about what anyone thinks. Now, Paul, he's not trying to be arrogant when he says this. He's also not saying this with hatred or scorn. Instead, he simply says that he feels, get this, that he feels the same way about everyone. Whatever a person's rank, whatever their character, whatever their talent, whatever their learning, whatever it was, Paul regarded them as equal and secondary to Jesus, secondary to Christ. That is to say, the Apostle Paul, in our reading from 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul did not answer to mankind as his master. Fellow man was not his master. Christ Jesus was his master. For Paul, it mattered very little to him what others thought of him, and even less where he ranked in popular opinion among mankind. And again, the reason being was not to scorn, not to be arrogant, but the reason being, the Lord Jesus Christ was the one who examined Paul. Paul's master was Jesus, not the people around him. And so, dear friends, as a church and as a pastor, get this, we do not answer to the opinions, we do not answer to the feelings and the desires of mankind. Furthermore, your opinions, your feelings, and your desires, as well as mine, they do not control Christ's church. The church is not a democracy. And the church is not subservient to the world around it. The church is not some sort of reed shaking in the wind, yielding to the popular opinions of the fickle desires of mankind. As members of Christ's church, you and I do not wear soft robes. We do not bend toward the powerful opinions that bleed into the church from the world itself. The Lord, frankly, does not care about our feelings. Status in life does not matter to the Lord. Instead, instead of seeking the praise and the approval of mankind, though, the Lord desires for his pastors and for his church, his flock, get this, to be faithful, to be steadfast, to be trustworthy, 
Now, does this mean, though, that we spit in the face of each other's opinions? Do we kick the dust off our feet and put our noses in the air towards worldly opinions, showing disgust and hostility to those around us? Heavens no. Heavens no. Again, the Apostle Paul does not despise the people of Corinth in our reading from 1 Corinthians. He does not advocate for Christians to be rebellious, to be rebellious and arrogant. You see, here at St. Paul's, here at St. Paul's, all of us, we can mess this up if we fall into one or the other ditch. First, if we puff ourselves up with pride, which is very easy to do. We can puff ourselves up with pride thinking that we are somehow better than everyone else around us. And if we do this, we're in the ditch. We're trusting in ourselves. Our ego reigns. And on the other hand, if we give worldly and man-made opinions too much attention, we're also in the ditch on the other side. Now, dear friends, please listen. If we do either of these options, we're not trusting in Christ. That is to say, if we puff ourselves up, or we follow the judgments of mankind, we have failed to have Jesus as our master. If man-made judgments, if man-made judgments from the world are our master, or if we have made our ego our master, well, we don't have Jesus as our master. But isn't this how it often goes for us as Christians? It's often how it goes. Don't we easily drift into these extremes of listening to that which is closest to us? Are we not prone to listen to the loudest voice, the loudest opinion, the worldly man-made opinions, or are also our ego crying for attention because these voices are often the loudest in our lives? Frankly, say we're guilty of this. I'm guilty of this, which is why we need to hear about the impact of Advent and Christmas yet again. In other words, if we had a distant God, think about this for a moment, if we had a distant God, a God off in the distance who really wasn't that involved with the world's affairs, it would be easy for us to learn to trust in our own egos or get tied up in the world's status approval games. You see, a distant God is just that distant. We would be left to ourselves, left to our own tactics, left to our own voices, left to our own games that we play. If we had a distant God, it would make sense for you and me to trust in ourselves or, again, listen to the judgments of mortal human beings. But baptized saints, chins up. Your God is not distant. As we hear in the season of Advent itself, Advent itself, which means coming, and the season of Christmas, which is the Son of God putting on human flesh, dwelling amongst us, as we hear from Advent and Christmas itself, your Jesus, he came to humanity. He's not distant. And by coming to humanity, he himself gave you everything. He lived for you. He died for you. He rose for you, for your justification. He sympathized with you in your weakness. He spoke his word for your ears to hear. He sanctified water to be a lavish washing away of sins. He instituted a supper to strengthen your faith. He did all of this so that you may trust in him as your master, as your master, and to not worry where you rank in popular opinion or even have to rank yourself in this world. Baptized saints, your pastors here at St. Paul's are to be servants of Christ, stewards, that is, managers of the word and sacraments. 
Your pastors are to be faithful in delivering the goods of Jesus to you, not somehow peddling the judgments and the opinions of mankind. And you parishioners, you parishioners in the church, are not in this church to gobble up whatever suits the fancy of people or whatever the influential and the mighty of the world judges good for a particular time. Like your pastors, you too are to be faithful. Together, we are to be faithful in giving and receiving the gifts of Jesus, for we have a God who has come to us to be our master, and we as servants, he's not distant from us. And because Jesus is your master, get this, it matters very little to you and me what other people think about us. Because Jesus is our master, we don't need their approval. And for us as a church, it should matter very little to you and me, to us as a church, what the world thinks of us, and even less where we are and where we rank in popular opinion here in Minot, North Dakota. The reason is, the world and even our own opinions are not our masters. Jesus is our master. And as our master, Jesus has done all things well for us, so we need not compare, we need not compete, we need not doubt or fight. We already have everything we need in Christ Jesus as our master. And so it does not matter what Monet thinks of St. Paul's. It matters what Jesus thinks of St. Paul's. And so, dear baptized saints, whether you and I, or as a church, whether we are viewed as the Messiah's misfits, or whether we are well thought of by others, or mostly kicked around by the world, it matters very little to us, because Jesus is our master, and we are his servants, and he is not a distant God. He comes for the sin sick, he comes to give good gifts, and he comes to this church to bestow upon you forgiveness, life, and salvation, so that he, that he may be your master and you his servant. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with